You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. several Sundays in, in Azusa, California, doing a study um, for school, and uh, Pastor Woody at Praise Chapel Azusa uh, gave me the um, permission, and along with being released by Pastor Art, to go for a month every Sunday uh, morning, and so that morning often started out at like 4 a.m., me driving to McCarran Airport, flying to LAX, then getting a rental car and going to uh, Azusa. So uh, I was pretty tired, and it was a turnaround flight, too, so I would come back that evening uh, because, you know, my wife was uh, very, very pregnant. Um, <laughs> so we did have our baby, amen, and I did, amen, thank you. I did bring some pictures. I don't know if they're available right now, but um, there she is. Yeah, so I'm already hearing that she looks like me. I don't know. Do you see that? Let me get up on the picture. Okay, now Effie looks a lot different and a lot lighter, you know, than I do. But, um, and so, amen, thank you, brother, I appreciate that, I don't know if there's any more, there she is, yeah, uh, her name is Nori, Nori Jean, so, um, you know, I, I, I feel very blessed, it, you know, I kind of felt like a deer in hell- headlights when I had Effie, you know, um, being as old as I was, I'm like, Lord, am I going to have the strength to, to, <laughs> you know, to endure being a, being an older father, you know, I'm like, I'm like Abraham out here, you know, <laughs> I'm old, like, but, you know, God, God made, has made a way for us, and so I'm just so grateful um, to, to be a father, but I, but I also feel the sense of responsibility of what that means, particularly in the time that we are living in right now, amen, and so, so many, so many fathers have fallen away for so many different reasons, um, but praise be to God that when we have an eternal father in heaven, church, when we have an eternal father in heaven that we can look to, uh, then this stuff down here doesn't seem so hard, you know, amen, and so uh, I'm just, I'm grateful for what, for what I have, and I'm grateful for her, and, um, you know, I'll tell you a funny story very quickly. Uh, Amanda um, actually (laughs) gave birth in 45 seconds. It's a fact. So we were, her induction date was scheduled for Monday, Monday, uh, Monday night, we, we went in, and, um, and so there was some nerves about that, as you know. Um, and so for those who have given birth in here, and it, it was, it, it was kind of, you know, nerve-wracking overnight. And so they gave her something for the induction process. So the next morning at about 11 o'clock, um, everything was good. And, you know, everybody was in good spirits. Um, you know, they came in with the epidural. And it seemed like it was 30 minutes later, she was like, you know, when it, when it all set in, you know, the epidural, how it sets in and things get a little bit more warm and fuzzy. Um, she was like, uh, you know what, I feel like I could push right now. She just said she felt like she could push, and so she kept hitting the button to call the nurse, but she kept hitting the wrong button. It wasn't the right button, so (laughs) 
So finally, I, I was like, give me that girl. So like, I looked, I'm like, I'm like, and I pressed the right button, the nurse, the nurse comes in, she's like, you know, I feel like I can push. I don't know, I just feel a lot of pressure down there. The nurse looked, she was like, oh, let me call the doctor, because the baby is right here. And so uh, our doctor, thank God, we, were, we, uh, we delivered at St. Rose. Um, our doctor came directly across the street, and he looked, he said, okay. He put, put all the stuff on the scrubs. Three other nurses came in. It seemed like it was like, like five minutes. He said, now push. She pushed one time. That was 30 seconds. 15 seconds was the half a push, and the baby was here. And that is the truth. I cannot make it up. So, you know, it, and so she's doing well. So um, I just, I'm so thankful to God that, that he made that transition um, not so painful for my wife and what he's done for us in, in such a small amount of time. I feel like I say this every time I get up here, but many of you who have known me since I've been here have seen kind of the progression of where God has brought me from. And so, um, you know, I, I don't count it as a, uh, I, don't take it, I don't take it for granted. Um, but, I, but also I'm learning how to be a, a good father and, and a good spouse like all of us here. Amen. Um, and so just pray for our family. I appreciate that. I want to give honor to God, who is the head of my life, church. Without God, there's, there is nothing. There, there's nothing in this world. I want to give honor to my pastors. Can we give God some praise for Pastor Art and Pastor Maria tonight? Amen. Amen. Thank you for your support, and thank you for being a supportive God, uh, you know, just parents and spiritual parents to us. Um, and just to everyone here tonight, I missed y'all. Um, I feel, it just feels like I haven't been here in so long, but I, I miss every one of y'all. Um, and I'm glad to be home. There's nothing like home. No place like home. Didn't Dorothy say that in the, uh, in the Wizard of Oz? Yeah, there's no place like home. All right? I don't have on some, some red shoes. I got on some Vans. Amen. I'll kick them for you. <laughs> right? Amen. But, but God is good, church. He truly is. Amen. Our scripture is going to come out of John 17, 13 through 17. That's John 17. 13 through 17. Thank you, uh, Brother Brandon, for putting that up. That means a lot. Appreciate that. That's John, thir that's, excuse me, John 17, 13 through 17. <clears throat> and when you get there, just say amen. It's John 17, 13 through 17. And it reads as such, I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy. Somebody say my joy. Within them, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Come on, church, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight. We thank you for what you are going to do. Lord, we are going to move out of your way so that you can have your way. Lord, we ask that you would stretch both hands over this place, that you would touch lives, that you would circumcise hearts, that you would deal with people accordingly in the areas that they need to be dealt with. Lord, I am merely just a man. I am flesh, but you are all God and you are all sovereign. I ask that you would take residence over this message. 
In the precious and mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, we honor you, we bless you for who you are, for there is none like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God some praise, church. Church, listen, I want to tell you something tonight. There is truth in joy, or rather there is joy in truth, excuse me. There is joy in truth. Hallelujah. You know, church, uh, I believe that we are living in a time right now uh, where a lie has become the truth and the truth has become a lie. Uh, we often hear the term fake news now, uh, where people who are supposed to report factually have now become some of the biggest liars we know today. Amen. And where social media outlets like Facebook and Twitter uh, were supposed to be a way for our planet to connect with one another, uh, now these same social media sites are weaponized to create their own brand of truth. Uh, you tell a family member or a loved one or even a stranger the truth and it may not turn out so well. It may turn out bad. And as the old saying goes, the truth hurts. And in many ways, we forget that often it is the one doing the telling of the truth who hurts more than those who have to receive it. Uh, and make no mistakes, brothers and sisters, it seems that our society has become more reliant on an easy lie rather than a harsh truth. Come on, somebody. Uh, see, what you have to understand is that in the writings within Timothy, he spoke of itching ears where people would rather be soothed in their situation no matter what it looked like. And in, in the writings of Timothy Church, if we're to tell the truth tonight, still reign true today. Amen. What you have to understand is that the world we live in right now in many ways has itching ears. But watch this. I believe God is impressing upon me to remind us this evening that though the truth may not be comfortable, there is joy in it. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> now watch this. Let me support what I'm saying by focusing on the book of John. Now this is what you need to understand. You see, Jesus' commentary to his disciples was to take joy in truth. <clears throat> the text says in John 17, 13, I am coming to you now but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. My friends, the first thing we must have if we are going to receive the truth in full joy is an intimate relationship with the Lord. Wouldn't you agree? Now let me go a little bit deeper for you. We need to sit still and we need to listen. But that starts with us, church. See, Christ should be the main source of joy in our lives. Amen. And when Christ is the main source, I have found that we will experience God's truth and his discernment. You know, I remember growing up as a child and I remember spending so much time with my grandfather. My grandfather was really my everything. I did not have my father in my life, but my grandfather took the place of my father. He was that surrogate presence that I really needed. And you know, I was with him so much and we had such a solid relationship that it seemed like when he disciplined me, when he would whoop me, or when he would do something to correct me, it didn't really bother me because the relationship was so strong. So he could take a belt 
to my backside, and five minutes later, I would be hugging him and telling him that I, uh, that I loved him. And that, don't you understand, church, that when our relationship is strong like that, in the Lord, we won't waver. Come on, somebody. Uh, see, we won't mind sitting still even when hell breaks out. Now watch this. Now listen to what I'm about to tell you. Someone once said that a trusting attitude and a patient attitude go hand in hand. You see, when you let go and learn to trust God, it releases joy in your life. Uh, and when you trust God, you're able to be more patient. Church, get this. Patience is not just about waiting for something. It's about how you wait or your attitude while you're waiting. Come on. Church, I want you to listen tonight. Wouldn't it be awesome if we all thought like that? If we all thought like just like what, what, what this person is saying. Because if we are to be truthful to one another tonight, the reality is, is that when we don't want to be still and we don't want to listen and we don't want to listen to what God has to say, we lie to ourselves about God's process in our lives. There is no more joy and truth in us because the truth is not in us. Amen? If we really want to test how we respond to truth, listen to what I'm saying. Ask God to show us who we really are. Ooh. <laughs> Church, how we react while sitting still and asking that very question will determine the strength of our relationship with the Lord. You know, nowadays, and, and, and I want you to get this, we seem to live in a microwave generation. You know, today, one of my students at, 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 at the college that I teach at made me so hot. I was hot as fish grease today. I haven't been, I have not ever been mad at a student. But I remember, at, like, I was, we were doing an in-class activity, and this particular student just, he looked at me like, as we were going into class, he said, is this really important today? Are we doing anything written? Because if not, like, I've got stuff to do. almost like Holy Ghost, I'll be right back. I looked at him like, are you crazy? But, I, you know, I had to maintain because, you know, we live in that generation now where everybody's, what's the word I'm talking about, triggered. Everybody's triggered now. You can't really tell them the truth because in my day when I was in college, the professor said, oh, you can go. Make sure you don't come back, though. And you paid for the class. Amen? Now, he's an adult. He ain't got to stay. He paid for the class. But see, he felt like he needed to ask me, and then when I gave him the truth that if he leaves, he's going to lose points, he got what? Triggered. There's that microwave generation I'm talking about. Everything appears to happen instantaneously. He might have liked the message better if I would have Snapchatted it. I don't know. Amen. But I'm going to keep preaching anyhow. But on the other hand, watch this. Isn't it ironic, church? That when Christ comes into our life, we feel that the love, having not ever seen him in the physical, is so remarkable. And yet, it can take a lifetime to really develop an intimate relationship with the Lord. He comes in our life in an instant. And yet, it could take a lifetime to really understand truly who he is. My God, but you, don't you understand that that, that that logic and reasoning is just another way to show us that his ways are not our ways, church. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. And when we have that relationship with him, 
we should recognize that when he speaks the truth to us while we are being still, being still, it is done to grow us, enrich us, and empower us. Oh, but it's hard to sit still, ain't it? Woo! Let me go on to the second thing. The second thing we must have if we are going to receive the truth in full joy is that we are going to have to develop thick skin. Oh, God. We are going to have to toughen up a bit, me included. Within the text, Jesus says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. You know, one scholar wrote like this, that it is not unfathomable that the world hates Christians in this day and age. I like that word triggered. They are triggered by our presence. Amen. And they hate us because we are living accusations, church, against the world's immorality. Classic case of that is that that law in New York, which is of the devil, it is of Lucifer. And don't you understand that the world is trying to, to, to make a decision about how we raise our children from the womb, but the devil is a liar. Can I tell you something tonight? God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. There's going to come a time here soon where you're going to have to say, for God I live and for God I die. Are you truly ready like you say you are? Because let me tell you something. They're coming for everything that you love. Don't you know in California, there, there's parts of, of California and, in, and, in, and in, in Texas and other places where they don't want you to use the Bible anymore. They're trying to censor the Bible. It's only a matter of time for we'll have people who will try to tell us what we should and what we shouldn't believe. Amen. But let me tell you something. There will come a day that even those people will have to kneel. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall do what? Confess. Come on now. Hallelujah. Just the mere word Christian is problematic to some people in our society. And these days, people don't mind attacking us when we say we're a Christian. They don't mind. They always have a rebuttal. Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, are you for real? Word? Okay. <laughs> Let me ask you a question tonight. Have you ever professed your Christian beliefs publicly and people get automatically offended? And don't tell them you speak in tongues. Oh, Lord. They'll call Bellevue right here. <laughs> Many times we as Christians don't have to say much. People who are struggling with sin will self-convict. That's a fact. Let me tell you something. When I was about 20, uh, I was having a good time down in college, and I got real sick. <clears throat> I got the flu. I had to come back to mommy's house for a minute because I was really, really sick, like, like sick, sick. But I believe God really allowed that to happen to me to get, get my attention because I was having fun partying and drinking and doing all the wrong things. And I, and I remember they couldn't get my fever down. Now, mind you, I'm, I'm a grown man. You know, and so I had to go back because I had to go to, the, to my doctor. And so my grandmother, my grandmother drove me to my doctor. And this is what she said. She said, she said you know why you're sick, don't you? I said, why is that? She said, you're sick because you're down there partying and you're in, in sin. That's exactly what she said. Guess what I got? Triggered. <laughs> I got real triggered. I got in my feelings real quick. Oh, I did. 
I got real triggered real quick. And don't you understand, church, many times we as Christians don't have to say much. People who are struggling or living in sin will self-convict. They will self-convict. My grandmother didn't have to say much. She just called it out like it was. She just said, you know what? You in sin. Your life is nasty. You down here partying? You down here? Never mind. Amen? Doing all kinds of things I ain't had no business doing. You know, the first thing that I'm starting to understand about this new wave of Christianity, Pastor Art, is this, is that the truth will do one or two things. It will either cause you to get offended and your offense will drive you away, or the truth will cause you to make a decision that if you are truly willing to receive it in your heart and receive instruction, it will change your life for the better. Come on now. You know, one of the things I value about elders, I talk about elders a lot because I didn't appreciate them when I was young, but my God, I appreciate them now. The thing that I love about elders that have been in the Lord for a long time is that I've noticed that they are usually pretty blunt when it comes to calling out sin. You ever want the truth about your life? Just like I said, my grandma, go and ask somebody in the church, like an older mother or, 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 or father in the church, and they'll be like, oh, well, baby, that's because, you know, you're laying up, you're doing what you're not supposed to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. We said when I, was, when, I was, when I first got saved, we had this lady, Mother Dennis, and, uh, and, and this, girl was, uh, this girl was doing something in the church, and she said, she said, oh, baby, we don't do that here. She said, you, you may do that with your boyfriend down on Gray Street, but we don't do that. She called out where they lived. I said, I said but she spoke the truth. And guess what the girl got? Triggered. She got triggered, but it was the truth, though. But I thank God for my elders. I thank God for that. I thank God for them, church. I wish more of our elders, can I just stop and just put a pin there for a minute? I wish more of our elders, the people that have been in the Lord for a long time, the sister readers and the brother victors, will call out things that they see that are sinful in our current generation. Because can I tell you something? The truth of the matter is, we need y'all. We still need y'all, my Lord. We just, sometimes our generation is just as mixed up as a bowl of peas and carrots. It's the truth. I know y'all, sometimes y'all look like, oh, Lord, look what is going on now. You know? We need the presence of some of our older generation to call out sin. We need that. I'm going to tell you, the old church was rough. The old church about 20 or 30 years ago, I remember I was sitting in the pews in it when I was a little boy. This small Pentecostal church in Columbus with my mother. And it wasn't uncommon that the, that, that the preacher would call people out by name. We can't do that now because what do folks get? Okay, let's keep going. <clears throat> but it seems like it has become unfashionable to talk about sin in society and in some cases our churches. Get this. A follower of Jesus once said that the world follows Satan's agenda and Satan is a vowed enemy of Jesus and his people. My God from glory. Church, it may not feel comfortable to walk in truth, but there is eternal joy in walking in truth. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. I'm almost finished. Y'all can get the, the folks to come. The last thing is this that I want to share today is that if we are going to receive the truth in full joy, 
we have to set ourselves apart. We have to set ourselves apart. And that goes with being still. Sometimes it can get lonely when you're in a season where God is separating you and he wants you to be still and all you hear is background noise. People always got something to say. You got your family in the background. You got your job. You look at your banking statement. That's background noise too. You see what's on TV. You should be in prayer, but you pull out your phone and you're looking at Facebook. You should be, you should be fasting, but you're, you're, look, you're on Twitter. You're watching reality TV and all that stuff that don't matter. You're doing all the buying stuff that you have no business buying when you should be investing in the kingdom. Oh, I'm getting in trouble tonight, but that's okay. Church, can I tell you something? We have to set ourselves apart because can I tell you, God is coming back for a church without spot and wrinkle. He is. And Okay, I'm done. I'm going to keep going. That's okay. The text shows us in verses 15 and 17 where Jesus says, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. <clears throat> now, the key word here is sanctifying. Sanctifying simply means to be set apart for sacred use. The Word of God, church, get this, is a pivotal component in how we sanctify ourselves. It is a pivotal component. It, there's, there's, can, can I just, can I put a, I just really want to talk to y'all for a minute. There is real value in studying the Word and not just opening up the Word like this and reading Scripture. See, that, that's the problem with a lot of what you see in ministry today, you see a lot of people, like I'm using your, <laughs> you know, you see a lot of people and, and, and they use scripture and they, and they really use it incorrectly. And what it does is it causes confusion. The Bible says study to do what? Show thyselves approved. Not to read, to study. We have to take in the word. We have to digest it. We have to live it. You understand what I'm saying? Before we can, and I'm just saying this because I, before I ever touched a microphone, I had to understand and learn how to study. You have to study the word. Because let me tell you, what you do up here, what you do out in the street, when it comes to God, if you mess up and use scripture incorrectly, it can hurt somebody. It really is a weapon. The Bible is a weapon. It is a weapon, right? It's a good weapon for us. But also in the wrong hands, it can be misused incorrectly. One of the things, the word of God is how we purify our minds and open up our hearts. It's how we purify ourselves. That's how we sanctify ourselves. You know, one of the things I love about daily devotionals, can I tell you something? Daily devotionals are awesome, like, you know, our daily bread and some of the other ones. Have you ever been in a situation where, you, where you're just doing dirt ball bad and you open up a devotional and it speaks to your situation to a T? You just want to shout right there, right? That's evidence that we're on God's radar. But what that also says is that we ought to be in our word a little bit more. Can I tell you why? Because if we were in our word a little bit more, we wouldn't need a devotional to pump us up. We could pull from what we have right here. Ooh. Okay. There is a sense of comfort when we can open up the word and it speaks to our current situation. And keep speaking, church. Jesus says, your word is your truth. Jesus is the living word. 
He has given us a pathway. Listen to what I'm saying. A pathway to understand his desires for our lives through the word. We gain an understanding of his journey, church, and which should lend itself to us getting closer to him. He's given us a front row seat to what he went through, right? Through the word of God. A living, breathing testimony. He is the living epistle. My God, church, we shouldn't take that for granted. The word should show us how to develop thick skin. And it should convict us to set ourselves apart, to sanctify ourselves. Because if we can walk in his truth, truly we can have full joy. It's not going to be easy. But if we walk in his truth, his real truth, I'm not talking about man's truth. I'm talking about his truth. There's a difference. The problem is, though, like I said in the, in the beginning of my sermon, is that the truth has been lost in translation so much now in our world. But let me tell you something. Heaven and earth shall pass, but his word shall do what? Shall stand. Come on, give God some praise. Church, they think, the world thinks that money and access is what's going to bring us full joy. And for some, it does just for a little while. But how many people have we seen in our society that were famous, that had plenty of money and plenty of access, and committed suicide? Had to take a pill to lay down, and had to take a pill to get up. They had no joy in their lives. You know why? There was no truth in their lives. Come on now. It is walking in the truth of Jesus Christ that is going to give us the breakthrough that we need, church. It is. His favor, as one person said, is better than money. His favor is better than money. Show me someone who is walking in God's truth, and I'll show you a rich man. That's somebody that's rich, that's walking in God's truth. Let's be clear. This year, through it all and, and everything that we're going to go through, we're going to have to learn how to walk in truth and full joy. Because let me tell you, I really, wanna, I really want you to hear what I'm saying tonight, church. There are going to be some things that we're going to see. We've already saw things happen in New York. And if you think that's just, you think that's the end of it, mm -mm. there's going to be more. They all, they, I'm telling you, the enemy is bold. He's bold, you know. You'll see. Wait till the elections start. It's, only, it's only, only a matter of time. 2020 is just around the corner. You'll look up, and people will start. This is what they do. They try to manipulate Christians. When we should be the ones setting and really praying and dictating and pronouncing in the atmosphere the type of leadership we need in the White House and everywhere in our government. You think, you're, you think our politicians are, are sold out to listen to you? We got another thing coming. But we call ourselves the sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, need to be sold out to him. Because if we're sold out to him, none of this will matter. I'm done. Give God some praise, church. I love y'all. I just want us to walk in truth and full joy.